October 27th, 2022, and you're back on another edition of Kentucky Politics Weekly. I'm your host, Trey Watson, and uh, happy to be joined by a on-the-road, busy as always, the man of the people, Mr. Dave Buzz Baker. Buzz, how you doing, buddy? I'm great. How about yourself? Oh, you know, man, just uh, enjoying life. Last week at Keeneland, I know uh, as we we talk, you're on your way out to check out things for the Breeders' Cup uh, at Keeneland. That's not it. Yeah, it's not a betting trip. It's not a betting trip. <laughs> you know, it, it always, um, you know, people talk about, you know, and you've got your specific workflow and everything and all that. You know, people, obviously, March is a great time for us and it's really busy, but probably the busiest time for us is probably between the middle of October and December because you got the fall sports finishing up. You've got, uh, you got football crossing over with, uh, with basketball. Uh, you got like state championships. I was doing the state semifinals in soccer last night. And, uh, and then of course you got Keeneland and now, uh, you put the breeders cup on top of it. So we are ping, ping, pinging all over the place, but it's job security, right? Yeah. And then, you know, since well, great, great time to be in the bluegrass, bluegrass great time for, for focus on Lexington, uh, uh yep. nationally. I'm, oh, uh, ab- Absolutely. Well, I, I might try to have Gene McLean on next week to talk about Breeders' Cup. I'm excited to watch Flightline run. That 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 horse is a beast. I was I was actually with the aforementioned uh, Mr. McLean over at the Louisville Thoroughbred Society on uh, on Tuesday night. We are fast friends, and he said, uh, I'll, "I'll tease you." He said that in his opinion, he believes that the classic may be the best classic ever. Well, I, I think I read a thing yesterday that I know Fl- Flightline is five and zero, oh, and I believe that yep. I read that uh, Flightline has won his five races by a combined sixty three and a half lengths. It's unbelievable! It's unbelievable. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, I believe Bill Farish has got part of Flightline, and um, he's one of the great guys, one of the great uh, sportsmen in Lexington, former uh, president of the Breeders' Cup. And he loves him some hoops too. I mean, when uh, when my guy, who's a senior in high school now, uh, was playing like rec league stuff, uh, Mr. Farish was uh, was the coach over at Kentucky Basketball Academy, and he knows his hoops. Well, it's uh, it'll be fun. We'll we'll talk more about Breeders' Cup next week, but let's get into a little bit of news, and then uh, I want to have Buzz on yep. talk. Obviously, it's uh, it's uh, the week to hate the people in orange. So we'll talk a little bit about that game coming up this weekend, and we'll talk uh, some basketball since the basketball season is about to start. Sure. Uh, let's start with, uh, with with some fundraising. There's been a couple of stories, both in the Herald Leader and Courier Journal here lately, about uh, about PAC fundraising, uh, super PAC money coming in, especially in these judicial races. You know, with the General Assembly, there's just there's no there's no there there. I mean, there's no question about what's going to happen in General Assembly races. So the, the doubt right. kind of is in is in these judicial races. Uh, the one up in North Kentucky is bringing a ton of money in. You have uh, Liberty and Justice for Kentucky, which is a group supporting uh, uh, both Michelle Keller and Phil Shepard. Uh, and they're being funded by, looks like they got uh, half of their money from uh, from Michael Bloomberg, actually. Raised about $40,000. Really? Uh, yeah, I got two hundred k from Bloomberg. And uh, the rest of it coming from uh, from unions, including hundred k from the from the teachers union, from the KEA. Uh, 
I'm glad to see that they're spending this well, Dave, because uh, I keep getting uh, targeted YouTube ads here in Lexington for Michelle Keller uh, from that group, which I can't I can't vote in that race. And, you know, YouTube, you target by by the zip code. So, like, that, I, don't... That, I, I mean, you can literally draw you can you can take a map for for what we call geo targeting in the business. Yep. And you can literally draw a line around anything you want and have those ads delivered in that area. So that's not a, a good use of political funding. Yeah. So the fact that I'm getting those ads tells you, you got, uh, I just kind of shotgunning it. Um, but you know, they're, they're up on air. And then, uh, you've got, uh, the RSLC, the public and state leadership committee, uh, kind of funneling through a couple of different groups is got money in on, on Fisher. Uh, they've spent $375,000 in ad supporting Fisher. So very expensive Supreme court race. And then, Dave, I know where you're living now, Frankfurt. Uh, we've yep. got we got an expensive uh, judicial race there with uh, Shepard versus Bilby. The RSLC, again, is in in that race. Uh, there's also a group called uh, Fair Courts America that's mostly funded by a uh, Illinois shipping billionaire out of uh, 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 Illinois. Uh, he, they've, they spend about $200,000 uh, on, on ads. And then you've got another group that, again, is uh, funded by teachers unions uh spending for shepherd so a ton of money going in these judicial races this year yeah okay and i understand republican groups and everything but i'm just gonna uh you know you could help me out with this like uh, when i grew up in ohio i mean and i've got uh, a friend of mine uh dear friend of mine who's a judge up there he's unopposed again this time for probably what'll be his last term his family court judge but i, I wasn't there a period of time when for judicial races you couldn't really uh talk about positions or things like that right i mean well, well you you can't you can't the candidate that's 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 why it's kind of evolved to the these outside groups taking over because they can talk about it all day long as long as it's not coming from the, the candidate's campaign and they can say i mean know, the oh, candidates well, are still saying i approve this message now unless i'm wrong I mean, for well, instance, no, no, no. The, these ads we're talking about right here are, are 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 outside groups. Now there are ads that are coming out, uh, like you've seen some text messages coming out that are pretty hard hitting against Shepard. Um, that I believe some of those have come from the, the Bilby campaign, but also some of them have come from outside groups talking about uh, him giving uh, home incarceration to a to a yes, uh, yes. to a child child abuser, somebody attempting to have a sexual relationship with a fifteen year old. Um, you know, you got that sort of stuff. And it's but, but, you know, but here's an example. So in the Shepherd race in Frankfurt, okay, it's an ad for him, okay? And you've got um you've got a a former principal and a teacher uh who talked about the teachers going over to Frankfurt and about the fact that behind closed doors they tried to do this, and Philip Shepherd said it was wrong. And then um, you know, there, there's a, another group that, that is in the ad. And, and I mean, those are, I, I don't understand. I'm not saying it's wrong. I don't understand because those are clearly groups that you may have to rule on a case involving them in the future. Am I right about that? Now I would have to assume, I've not seen that ad. I would have to assume that that's probably funded by this outside group. That's got the teachers union money, which they're, they, they have a lot wider berth because they're not the candidate. Uh, I, I believe it. I believe it's one of those ads with Philip Shepard at the end of it. The other thing that I found personally distasteful about it is when they were showing, and this is why I know it's a Shepard ad, is when they were talking about 
legislators get behind closed doors to do this. Whoever put the ad together, you're talking about the bad geo-targeting. Whoever put the ad together used a shot of Bam Carney in there. Who, who, fought, yeah, who fought an awful battle and finally succumbed to it from infection. And they also had a shot of James K, who's now, what is he? Is he the K- mayor K- or the judge executive in Versailles? K- County judge in, War- in uh, Woodford County, yeah. And, and, and he's a dem. And, and I mean, that's why, you know, now somebody could say, well, I didn't know they put that in there. But I mean, that's why the law requires you to say I'm such and such. And I approve well, this message. You know, things have gotten weird with with the judicial races. Uh, you know, Joe Fisher this week lost an appeal to attempt to stop the judicial. Yes. Uh, uh, the, the judicial uh, their ethics committee from potentially punishing him for things. Because he, he's, he's been, you know, Joe Bilby's been saying he's a constitutional constitutional conservative. That's yes. OK. Fisher has been saying he's a conservative Republican, which probably which you can't say. Yeah, that is going to end up crossing a lot. But at the same time, you know, th- this is why I hate judicial races. This is why I I have I, I don't know that I've ever worked on one. Maybe I am. I think I've consulted on one partially, but, you know, I wouldn't go run one because they're so they're starting. It's also why you end up with so many incumbents reelected in judicial races is because you're you're not. There's ethical rules on what you are and aren't right. allowed to say, and it's hard to within the lines of those rules get across to voters what type of judge you be or what you'd believe, and so you end up with with just basically attorneys being the only people who know who these people are and what they think. And and and, and, and here's the thing I would say also, Trey, it's it's probably indicative of what's going on around the country. We've heard a lot of talk, especially in the larger cities in America, about how there are outside groups that have uh, helped get elected prosecutors who many believe aren't the law and order Ray Larson types that we've had in the city of Lexington over the years. And so especially like up in uh, uh, New York, where they've done away with bail and some things like that. San San Francisco, they had to recall the one they elected. They they, they voted back out. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, so so that's why it, it has almost become not only prosecutor races, but the judiciary at the local level has almost become the new battleground because of what Republicans and conservatives have done at the judiciary level, at, at the appeals court level, and certainly at the Supreme Court. Yeah, it, you know, it'll be interesting to see, especially Kentucky, where this goes as Republicans win everything else and the amount of seats and, and different races that are truly up for grabs dwindles. You know, is this is this the canary in the coal mine is the next the next front? You know, we won the General Assembly. We'll hopefully get the governor's ship back next year. We have almost every congressional seat. You know, is 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 this this the next the next battle is is the judici- judiciary? Sure. No, I, I think it, I think it already is. I think it'll continue to be that because what what would your prediction be of where we end up numbers wise? with the Kentucky House and Senate in terms of Republican you know, Democrat. I think the Senate will uh, Senate will pick up one seat, but that's already done because the Democrats didn't file a candidate at all in one one of those seats. So uh, that makes that, it 39 in the Senate or uh no, it'd be 30, I think. 30, 30, I'm sorry. 30 of 38. Yeah. Um and then at the House, you know, if you'd asked me a month ago, I would have said that we'd probably be at 77, 78, but 
every the polling and everything has swung so quickly back towards yeah. Republicans. And you and you see it just every poll gets a little bit better nationally for Republicans. And and what I'm told behind the scenes is that polling is saying showing the same thing here. Uh, you know, I, I think now we're back up to looking at you know 81 to 82. Yep. I, I hear you. I just think it's going to be it's going to be late breaking. I think a lot of people are just um, starting to pay attention. And then quite, quite frankly, you know, besides all the issues that are there nationally, I just think there are a lot of people that, you know, like to play poker. They don't like to show their hand with pollsters. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we're, we're in a position where people are unhappy with where the country's at. And Democrats are in power nationally. And so they're going to go out and vote against Democrats. You know, I I mean, I don't even think I don't I can't even I can't even honestly say that our side's offering, you know, necessarily offering better solutions. It's just we're we're not them. And and, and people aren't happy with where we're at. I'll tell you I'll tell you exactly what it is. It's exactly like, uh, uh, you know, what what happened to uh, George Bush uh, after Katrina. Yeah. I mean. He was the, he was the guy in charge. And so, uh, you know, it was all directed at him. And it'll be really interesting to see next year how that plays out in the governor's race. And I, I think that you're you're we're spiraling towards a situation where 23 in Kentucky is going to be very high profile nationally because both sides yes. are going to want Democrats are going to want to say, Hey, look, no, you know, last year was an aberration. Look, well, you know, we got, a, a, we reelected a Democrat in, in red Kentucky. It's, you know, we're, we're looking great for, for, for 24 and Republicans are going to want to say, see, look, you know, this is where we're at. 2022 was big for Republicans. 23 was big for Republicans. You know, here comes 24. I think you're going to see national Republicans and Democrats crawling all over the state uh, next year. Kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of similar to what happened in 15. You know, if you recall <laughs> the Kim, the Kim Davis thing hit, and you had Ted Cruz and and Mike Huckabee yeah. making a, making a beeline to to uh, 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 to Rowan County to go go be seen with Kim Davis. I mean, you, I think you're going to have a lot of national figures floating around this state next year. Let me ask. Let me ask you this: What do you think? What do you think? And this is just strictly a guess, but an educated guess on your part. What do you believe the national spending on the governor's race between primaries and general could be next year? Oh, it could be 20 to 30 million dollars on each side. It, it, it will dwarf whatever the candidates spend and raise. I can tell you that. So it's good time. To be in the, think- it'll be a good time to be in the TV business, Dave. Well, yeah, somewhat, yes, yes, and a digital solution. So if you need one, you can get a hold of me at WKYT, and I can help you all throughout the Commonwealth of Kentucky. But let me ask you, let me ask you this: How much? So you think twenty to thirty million each side in outside money? What do you believe will be the total spend for candidate money? Um, I think Bashir primary in general will probably raise and spend eh, eight to nine million. Um, right. And the, the Republican, the Republican question is, is totally candidate dependent. Because if it's Kelly Kraft, it's a totally different number than if it's everyone else, because she can cut a check and and you know here we go. Uh, right. You know if, if it's Quarles, Cameron, uh, you know the two most likely candidates uh, other than Kraft, then I, I'd say you know probably two two and a half million in the primary and another five in the general. Wow. See, I think you're low there. Well, I mean, remember, remember we, we get we got limits. We got the got the two thousand dollar limit. 
And right. uh, and I think that that money will be hard. I, well, I know money is hard to get right now in the primary just because the field is so divided and people, you know, whereas you would normally go somebody expect to get two thousand dollars from them. Instead, they're going to give you uh, five hundred or a thousand because they're spreading their spreading their normal giving around to a couple different candidates to not be seen as, you know, because they, they like three or four people and they don't want to be seen as. Right. Right. As so they totally spread it around. Side. Yeah. Now, let's. I understand this is your show, but as you know, I'm an interviewer by trade. So I, I find myself asking you questions because <laughs> I, I not only enjoy talking to you, but I respect your political acumen. So do you think Matt Bevin gets in the race? As of today, no. But I don't think he does either. But I will say he's the one person that can wait until filing day. And if he decides nobody's caught fire and he can get in and has a path to victory, then I wouldn't put it past him. I do think the presence of Savannah Maddox makes that extremely difficult for him. If Savannah wasn't in the field, you have a chance, but they're going to cannibalize each other's vote. And it makes it hard for Bevan to, sure. to, to coalesce. Cause I mean, there'll be some chunks that'll come home to him from every candidate, but without that chunk, that's going to stay loyal to Savannah that would probably go to him. Otherwise it, right. it would be hard for him to have, to have a path to victory. And, of course, the big thing he's been working on is trying to get his son into auto racing. And he spent most of the first quarter last year down at Daytona. Well, he, he also he also has gotten very involved in the school board races in Jefferson County. His his Kentucky Today pack um, yeah. uh, this past week, uh, I think they spent about a about uh, fifty or hundred thousand dollars in school board races in Jefferson County. So you know, that's what wow. I've been told. That's what I've been told for a couple of months is that he's very interested in playing ball in those school board races. OK, I get all that. Okay, so we've arrived at Kimmel now. I'm with the fabulous Bart Bill, uh, who is my aide-de-camp here. So I just wanted to let you know you were on speakerphone at Kimmel as we continue the rest of this conversation. Well, if while you're walking around, you can get any tips for the races later today. Please be sure to uh, to, to let me know. Um, you don't have any problem getting tips out here. Whether they're worthy tips or not, that's the question. <laughs> I don't think anybody's had worthy tips uh, this meet. It's been a crazy meet at Keeneland. Anytime you have a $73,000 10-cent Superfecta, uh, it's a, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy meet. See, that, that's the thing I've always wondered about like gamblers out in Vegas and things like that too. I mean, if you know all this stuff, why would you go and tell everybody? Yeah. Well, I mean, Paramutual is a little bit different. Vegas, Vegas, you're, you're playing against the house. Paramutual, you're, you're right. kind of sort of playing against everybody else. So, yeah, is what it is. Uh, but sp speaking of gambling, uh, and, yeah. and sports, let's, let's talk, let's talk sports. Buzz. Uh, yeah. Let's start first of all with the uh, with those uh, rat bastards south of us uh, in Knoxville. We got a yes. game, big 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 game this weekend. Uh, what what are you what are you thinking? What are you hearing? Uh, yeah, I, I, it, it, it's a huge game, and I think you know with what Mark Stoops has done. You there? Well, I, I I would say Trey that one of the things that Mark's yeah, I'm there. We're breaking right. up just a little bit. You got me? Yep, gotcha. You got me now? Yep. Okay. Well, one of the things, this is the first time in a while with the things that Mark Stoops has improved on uh, where he's got this team as an underdog. Now, now here's the deal. I mean, they try to, Tennessee tries to snap three plays in a minute. I mean, they just play incredibly fast. It's impossible to replicate that pace of play. And they have been unbelievable offensively. They're averaging 50 a game. And they just put up 50 on Alabama. But the best way to stop a team like that is throw some short passes 
and put the ball in the belly of Chris Rodriguez a bunch of times and keep him off the field. So if they can do that and survive the initial wave, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, how Tennessee reacts. It, it's, it's because smoke I think there's only been – Is smoke playing in this, yes, this game? I think, okay. I, I think so, yeah. There's uh, – I think the only guy – I think there's only one or two guys that are out long initial ways. I think they've got a big shot in this one. Yeah, it's uh, I, I you know, I was looking looking at the at the uh, uh betting lines yesterday. It's uh, I think it's Kentucky a twelve point underdog, and the over under is sixty two and a half. And I, that's that seems like a big number to me, especially the way Kentucky plays offense and and you know defense is our strength. 62 and a half you, you seems think like a big 12 number. 12 and a half is a big number? No, I have a 62 and a half for the over-under. Well, remember now, if 62 and a half is the number. Yep. Most, you broke, broke up on us there, buddy. I've got all kinds of stuff going on out here. It's my apologies. If the game. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's gonna it's it's gonna be a good one. You there, Dave? And it seems like a high number, but for this game and, and these two teams, you know, I might go over there for entertainment purposes only. For of course, of course, certainly, certainly, uh, inside the Commonwealth of Kentucky for entertainment purposes. Only. Yes, yes, but I think <laughs> they got a big shot. Uh, let's let's talk Kentucky basketball real quick. Um, yep. it's a uh, season tip, tips off and and what we have our, our first exhibition game in a week. Uh, it's Sunday actually. Sunday. All right. Um, uh, by the way, I, I had to look look and see that team, and the first thing I thought was, all right, what what former player or assistant coach is coaching on this team? And it's a former manager, and I also saw John Hood and Perry Stevenson yeah, are, yeah. are assistants. Yeah, Will Martin is a former manager who coaches at is it Northwest Missouri State or whatever it is. Uh, Midwest Missouri State, I believe. Midwest Missouri State, yeah. So, you know, the thing about it is, is you probably still won't see Oscar until things get going for real, and that's going to be the whole key for me. Yeah. You know, I know they said minor injury and all that stuff, you know. Minor injury is one that's somebody else's injury, right? <laughs> I, I mean, you know, when they're operating on you, it ain't minor. Uh and- how how has the rest of the team been working so looking so far? You think? First of all, how is CJ? Is he is he gonna play? You know he's he's working. But I'm telling you, he's a guy. He looks really good right now. Every ball that he shoots looks like it's gonna go in. I think what's happening to him is, you know, the time he's been out, I think he feels a lot of pressure, and so that's what Cal was talking about the other day was making sure that he didn't press. And uh, so that's the that's the deal, is making sure that he didn't press. And he can stroke it, and he can bring this offense. You know, if they're, if they're trying to double inside on, on Shibway and Toppin and people like that, and, and because of that, there will be a lot of people that will try to play zone against Kentucky until they prove they can shoot their way out of it. Yeah, you know, that's, some, that's what uh... – uh, Clay Thompson got into, especially early last year. You know, he had, he really struggled shooting until late in the playoffs. Just yeah, you know, he'd been out missed two years, and 
you know, he was not he was not a good shooter for the Warriors last year, but I think it was kind of that same thing you're talking about. Just you haven't played and you feel like I'm back on the court, I'm competitive, I want to prove that I've still got it, and you can you can overreach a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. You can press. And as long as you don't do that, I think you're in good shape. So I'm I'm excited to see him play. Uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. And um, you know, I, I think Cal's hit a lot of right buttons in the offseason, but I think now it's just go out and play. Can, and, can, you, uh, can you give a, a quick little uh, kind of one word or one sentence soundbite on some of the new additions to the team that we got this year? Oh, God, I, I, I think they're, I think they're bigger. I, I, I think they're stronger. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Cal evolves things going forward because of the fact that, you know, he's talked about this positionless basketball. But, I mean, you talked about Clay Thompson. Look at what the Warriors have done. And so that's the whole deal is, you know, can you get somebody to shoot and do kind of what the Warriors do? And so I think he's got some guys that can do more things like that. I think they're going to be very long. I think they're going to be um, – uh, I, I think they're going to be very good defensively. The whole key is can they put the ball in the basket. Yeah, I mean, the last couple of years, we've really struggled on the outside shooting. And so, you know, having Frederick and if we can get a couple of other people that, that can really stroke it, you know, get them going, it's going to take a lot of pressure off of Sheegway and, and really put us in a put us in a, in a much better spot than we've been in the last couple of seasons. No question. And I, and I think it's going to uh, be interesting to see how they use Oscar from the standpoint of, remember, he came back so he could improve his NBA stock. And that means if that happens, then he's going to be outside. Yeah, and the place this team needs him is inside getting rebounds. Yeah, and, and our uh, uh, early season schedule, pre-conference schedule is brutal, man. You know, we got there's a couple of cupcakes yep. on here, but Michigan State, number two Gonzaga, uh, number twenty two Michigan, number eight UCLA, and then of course Louisville. Um, you know, what what do you think about that schedule? Um, how how how? First of all, do you get to are you going to get to go out west for the Gonzaga game? Uh, probably not. I probably won't make the traveling squad to London either for the Michigan game. Uh, but, but then the other thing that happens is, uh, you, you know, so you've got all those games Then you got five teams in the sec that are in the top 25. So it, it ain't anything easy. So, but it'll be fun to watch. It'll be fun for us to talk about. And, and we can, we can commiserate after, after, uh, November, December and see how we did on, um, reconvene on how we did on both politics and, and hoops and football. How about that? Absolutely. Um, but you're, you, you are out trapes in the grounds, staking out yes. your broadcast position. So we're, and honestly, there's just, you know, we're, we're 12 days away from the election. There's just not that much to talk about. Everything's kind of in that, in that coast position on politics. So, uh, I'm going to let you go so that you can, you can, uh, survey your landscape and yes. uh, and uh take account of your realm but uh buzz baker thank you my friend for coming back on great great talk to you let's do it again soon and uh do a uh, uh do a post uh, general uh wrap up how about that absolutely and as always you can get kentucky politics weekly wherever stream podcast if you get us on apple Podcasts, please be sure to give us a review and we'll see you next week on another kentucky politics weekly